Hey, hey, welcome back to the show. Mamas have special needs too. I'm your host, Ashley Johnston, and this is episode 98, Boundaries. Welcome to the Mamas Have Special Needs 2 podcast, where we are learning to thrive in and enjoy our lives again. I'm your host, Ashley Johnston. Let's go. Hello, Mamas. It's good to have you here on the show. I'm honored to share some time with you today. Today, I want to share with you a class that I did in my Facebook group, Mamas Have Special Needs Too, and it was on boundaries. So if you find that you are struggling in your relationships, whether that is your relationships with your children and their behaviors, with your spouse, with your in-laws or your parents or your siblings, people at work, or even yourself, then this is really the podcast you're going to want to listen to. I talk about how to set boundaries, about what they are, about when to use them, about how to maintain them, because all of these things create really great relationships. I like how one of my coaches said, clear boundaries make great friends. And this is not just true for physical property or physical boundaries at all. This is so true for emotional and mental boundaries as well. So listen in, take some notes, whether that's mental notes or physical notes, and apply what you learn here today so that you can start experiencing less struggle in your relationships and start experiencing a little bit more joy. The clearer your boundaries are and the better you get at setting boundaries, the more enjoyable your relationships will become. And it's probably not what you think, when you think about boundaries, and it's also probably easier than you think. I promise. All right. Enjoy the class. So what are boundaries? Essentially, boundaries are how you will act in certain situations. Now, generally speaking, the world at large wants to tell us that setting boundaries is something like telling someone else how they should or shouldn't act so that you can feel good. And if they don't act that way, then you need to try to put them in their place to do it. Now, it makes a lot of sense why we do this, because if we feel like another person is in control of making us feel good and feel safe and feel secure, then it makes sense that we are going to do what we can to control them or to um, to get them to do what we feel they need to do so we can feel safe and secure um, and good. Now, what I want to tell you is that the world is wrong about that. Think about it. Think about your relationships. Think about how well that works for you. When you tell someone you need to take out the trash because it needs to be done and they don't do it and they don't do it and it feels like a boundary violation because of the house that you want to keep clean and you're yelling at them and you're asking them and you're doing all sorts of things and they're still not doing it, like ask yourself, how effective is that method of boundary setting? Right? When you say, don't yell at me and yet they continue to do it. How effective is that boundary by just saying, don't yell at me, right? It's not effective at all. And the reason why is because we cannot control other people. 
We can't, okay? But what we can do is we can control ourselves. And that's why the most effective way to set boundaries is to choose how you will act and what you will do in certain situations. So for example, I have a boundary that if someone hits me, I leave or I call the cops, okay, depending on the situation. But that is something I do. Now, listen, I don't walk into a room and go, hey, everybody, my name's Ashley, and just in case you didn't know, I know this is the first time we're meeting, but just in case you didn't know, if you hit me, I'm going to leave or call the cops on you, okay? Yeah, that's not something we need to do, okay? This is another misconception about boundaries is that not only do we need to try to control another person and try to make them behave the way we want them to behave, but also that we need to tell them and that in the telling them of the boundary, they should keep it, okay? But you don't actually have to do that. And you'll find that the more work that you do on yourself and the way that you think, the less you need to tell people about your boundaries because it's not even really about them. It's about what you're going to do in a certain situation. So you don't even really have to tell them. Now, if you are in a, um, a relationship, especially with your family, people you've been with for a while and you've been behaving a certain way for a while and you're now deciding, look, I don't really like how this is all going down because I feel anger, I feel resentment, I feel um, frustrated and I don't wanna feel that, anyway, mo feel that way anymore. So I am going to do something about this. Meaning I am going to, um, take action if you treat me this way, it's going to be different. So they will, they might not like it. They might get angry at you. That might be something that happens and that's okay because you're taking action for your safety, right? You're gonna change the dance. Toes are gonna get stubbed, but eventually people adjust and you all can start dancing the same dance again, except this time you have your boundaries in place. Super awesome and it feels a lot better, yeah? Um, okay, so a boundary, like we said, is if this certain situation happens, like if someone hits me, then I will, and whatever is you're gonna do, right? If you're in the car and someone is smoking, I if I'm in the car and someone is smoking, then I will ask them to pull over so that I can get out of the car. I will get out of the car, okay? Right? Or even if, if I'm in a doctor's appointment and a certain situation arises in a doctor's appointment, then I will leave, find a new doctor, find a new healthcare provider, something like that, okay? Now, there's a couple of, I think I'd probably call them rules that you really, really want to consider when you're setting a boundary. And that is that you always want to come from a place of love love first, right? And this kind of goes against a big misconception that happens and that it is happening right now in our society, which is if I love someone, no matter, then I'm gonna be there no matter what, no matter how they treat me, no matter um, if I get hurt or don't. And that's not the case, that's just not true. You can love someone and you can leave their presence if they're behaving in a way that is harmful to you or that you just don't like, okay? 
you can still love your parents and not allow them to see their children if they're going to feed your children things that are harmful to their health. That's okay. And you can still love your parents. Okay. It's a little bit of a different of a mind shift, but the reason that you want to get to love first is because we make our wisest decisions when we are in love, right? Not in love with someone else, but when we are in a space of feeling love and compassion. You will make better decisions and wiser decisions for you and for your child when you are in a space of love. Right, because when we are feeling angry and we're trying to set a boundary because we're angry at someone for what they did to us, then we can often make decisions that are rash, that are, aren't really well thought through, but also they come from a place, and remember anger is really an emotion we feel when we want to feel powerful, when we don't initially feel powerful. Okay, but it is, it's a bit of a, a pseudo or fake power. You feel it in the moment, but it doesn't last beyond that because as soon as the anger dies down, so does the power. So when you make a boundary or place, uh, decide that you're going to change the way you're behaving out of love, then you can make wise decisions, but you also feel good and powerful. Not in the kind of power that is fleeting, but the power that is lasting. And you're also, it is also when you love that person, when you love your mother, even though she doesn't understand your child, or maybe she doesn't, is really, really sad about what's happening to your child in a way that's not supportive. And that's hard for you to be around. You don't want to be around her when she's behaving that way or saying certain things about you or or your child. It is more loving to remove yourself from that situation for you and for her. And the reason why is because you don't allow her to continue in that cycle of sadness. You, You don't support it. Right? When you withdraw support from something that's hurting her, which is this story that this, this is awful and that your child may be less than for some reason, and I've seen this in many of my groups, that parents think this, or generally people can think this about your children when they have special needs, that when you remove yourself and it's like, no, like my child is not. My child is equally valuable as anyone else and contributes in very in many, many good ways. You know, we're going to leave. I love you. We'll be back when you're, when you're done with this. It's loving to her in that way. Another way that it's loving is that if you decide to stick around in that situation and she is saying what she's saying and you're not liking it, your child is hearing it, you don't like that your child is hearing it either, and you stay, how do you feel? Think about that for a minute. Resentful, angry, frustrated. And when you feel that way, how do you act towards her, towards your mother? Or your father or whatever family member is doing it. Not good, right? Because you're feeling ticked. You're feeling angry. And when you feel angry, you might scold them, yell at them, criticize them. These are not loving actions, 
This doesn't promote connection. So it is actually more loving for you to place a boundary there and say, I am going to remove myself and my child from this circumstance. And when my mother is no longer saying these things or doing these things, then we can get together. Not a problem. Because you get to remain in love and you treat your mother better when you're in love, in the space of love. So it is the, a loving thing to do to set boundaries and sometimes to leave people or exclude them from things. In the long run, it really is. Okay, I hope that you can see that. Now, when you take action from love, like I illustrated, you create more love, but you get to benefit because you are in the space of love. It's all around a great thing. I want you to really consider this because the world is trying to teach us that it only makes sense to leave someone if you're angry or to, or if you're frustrated or if you're feeling negative emotion, then you should definitely cut them off and not be near them, right? And then you, you set a boundary and you, you tell them what, what, you know, and what, what they're doing, what they shouldn't be doing, right? And then you leave them. And, but what happens there is that you're angry and you're behaving in a way that you might not be proud of later, right? And then you're showing your child how to handle themselves as an adult. Okay, these are all some of the consequences that come when you take action or you set boundaries out of anger or frustration or resentment. Okay, so I really want to invite you to, to try this on. It really is amazing. Now, something that you need to consider is what, what boundaries are not. Right? And boundaries are not manipulations. And I have a couple more that I want to go over. Uh, but manipulation is what I want to start with. A boundary is not manipulation. Now, manipulation is when you do things to try to get someone else to behave in a way that you want them to behave. Okay? So let's think about this really quick. Um, in the idea of physical property, like your house, okay? So imagine with me for a minute, you have your house and your property and you have your neighbor, okay? Now, when you don't have a fence or a property line that divides your property up, things can get really messy, right? They might come out of their house and come into your yard. They might come and sit on your front porch. If your door's open, maybe they'll come in your front door, right? Especially if you haven't made any boundaries and said, hey, like, this is my property. Please don't come over here, right? If you choose to come over here or come into my house or come to my door, I'm going to shut the door. I'm going to lock the door. Or if you keep coming over into my property, I am going to build a fence, okay? So that, that is a good proper boundary. Now, if you're trying to manipulate them, it might look more like doing something like, look, I don't know really what you're doing over here in my yard. Like, that's really not what a good person um, would do. You know, a good neighbor would stay over in their yard, right? It's a little more passive aggressive. You're trying to get them to go back into their yard by really telling them that they're not being a good neighbor, but really not doing it outright, doing it more passive aggressively, right? This is a bit like manipulation, right? Another more like another random example in your home, for example, is like, I will not have sex with you unless you take out the trash. Okay, it's where you're trying to get him or someone to take out the trash, right? More or less like your husband, trying to get your husband to take out the trash 
by saying like, I'm not gonna have sex with you unless you do that thing, right? That's a bit of a manipulation there, okay? That's not a boundary. Okay, that's us trying to get someone to do something else. Now, a threat is something similar to that. Things that a threat is things that you will do or say if they don't comply with your request. So example, if you don't take out the trash, I'm going to yell at you. If you don't get back over there on your property in your yard, I'm going to yell at you or I'm going to push you, right? Something like that. That is a, that is a, a threat. Okay, okay. and then... Um, Another thing with setting boundaries, like on someone else's property, generally speaking, if you're coming from a place of trying to control someone or trying to get someone to do something that you want them to do, that is not setting a boundary because a boundary is not about making people behave. People get to do whatever they want. All the humans get to do what they want, including your children, right? Children are a little bit of a different thing, though. But other adults get to do what they want. So you don't set boundaries on their property, just like you don't want them coming over into your yard and setting up a picnic table. You don't go over into their yard or their house and be like, hey, look, um, I get to come in your house if I want. And I get to use your kitchen and cook my meals there because I get to. And you have to let me. Okay, because I'm your neighbor. Because if you loved me, that's what you would do. Okay, that's not a boundary at all. Okay, that that is manipulation or controlling. Okay. So hopefully those examples make it make a little more sense. So when do you set a boundary? When do you know to set a boundary? And most of this is quite intuitive, but I want to talk about it just in case your emotions can be your guide here. The initial guide. If you're feeling resentment, you're probably people pleasing and not setting a boundary. Right, you're letting people walk all over the top of you, but you're not saying anything because you don't want to hurt their feelings or you want to try to be nice or you want to give them the benefit of the doubt, right? And you can do those things and set boundaries, okay? Letting people walk all over the top of you is not a nice thing to do for you or for them because you resent them and they have no idea. They think you have a great relationship and you don't. Being a people pleaser essentially is being a, a liar because you're not telling people the truth about who you are, about where you stand, about what your boundaries are, okay? So that's when you should consider setting a boundary. Another thing is when you notice that you have extreme avoidance or extreme like, I want to be away from everybody, I don't want anyone to be near me, that's when you probably need to also consider setting a boundary because it's very isolating that kind of behavior. And I'll show you on the next page about that. Another place to consider when to set a boundary is when you look at your children, especially your child with special needs, and they have certain needs that need to be met in order to survive or to thrive. Certain um, medications, diets, exercises, um, daily living activities that they need help and assistance with. Setting boundaries around those things, meaning that if another person is watching your child or caring for your child, you might set that kind of a boundary. So for example, for my kids, it's gluten-free, right? They have a genetic um, issue that really affects them if they're eating some gluten, right? And we're getting better at that and we might in the future not need it, but right now it's gluten-free. So I ask my family to honor that, right? So if someone is watching them and I'm not there, I ask them to only feed him the snacks that I bring, 
Or if I can't bring any in, I know the family, please only feed them gluten-free things, right? And you can't let them outside alone and you can't do these other things, right? And so, and, and the other people do have the right to say no, right? But if my child is being watched by someone like that, those things are not going to be followed. Then I have that boundary of, I'm going to take my children. You're not going to get to watch my kids, okay? Another example could be something like when your child is at the park and we're just with other people, okay, and you're, and another kid comes up and starts making fun of your child or even will hit your child. And you can tell, so I have this boundary, right? If someone comes and they hit my kid because they think they're different, they're making fun of them or whatever, I have a boundary for me, that I will remove my child from that situation. And this is if I can tell that the other child is intentionally hitting them for hitting sake, right? You do analyze that. But if I can tell the case, then I will remove my child from the situation and we will go somewhere else to a different part of the playground. If it's something that's verbally happening, then I will talk to that child and I'll say, please don't say that to my child. If it doesn't end there, then I take a step of removing my child, okay? So that is a boundary you can set for your children or to help your children. But I do it from a place of love for my child and love for the other child, right? Because the other child will not make many friends if they hit them all the time, right? Or they're mean to them. And I don't have to do it in a mean way. But something I'm not doing is I'm not going to the mom and saying, hey, mom, what is up with this? You're not doing a good job at teaching your child how to be a good kid. Right, that's me trying to manipulate them or just flat out be mean to them, right? And I don't, I don't like how I feel from that space. I am acting out in anger and frustration at that mom and I'm wanting that mom to control her child so that we don't have to leave, right? But remember that is not very effective. So I don't really wanna go that route and I don't suggest it, all right? I do recommend that you get in a space of love and compassion for all the humans while realizing I don't have to be around certain humans, that I don't like how I'm getting treated or that I know I'm going to build up resentment if I stay here, okay? So those are areas in when, when to consider setting boundaries. So you wanna notice what's coming up for you. Okay, let's go to this next place. Okay. So these are three different areas, three different people, to just, get, just to get a better idea of boundaries in general. So here is someone that doesn't have any boundaries, right? And they're feeling resentment, anger, feeling like a victim, or maybe complaining a lot about their situation, right? And I do find that this happens often with me with setting boundaries with my own children because my children do have behavioral issues. So if my daughter is... Um, slapping my face or poking my eyes, right? I have boundaries around that. That if she chooses to do that, I remove myself. And I notice that if I don't respect that boundary that I set, okay, like this here, I'm setting it for me and not against them. Because how I used to do it is that if my daughter got... um was hitting me or kicking me, right? It was, ah, like I would try to take as much of it as I could and then eventually I would snap and I'd, ah, and there was yelling, there was, you know, st holding them sternly and putting them in timeout and being kind of rough and like 
ah, you know, and I didn't like how I was behaving. I was yelling. I was chewing him out. I was not in my best self, right? As a parent, you're kind of losing it. And then I just have to leave, you know, but I leave her crying. She's in timeout. I'm frustrated and angry and it didn't like pan out, but that's because I had no boundaries and I felt resentful toward her. I felt angry. I would complain to my husband and then I would feel like there's nothing I can do. Like my child's taking over my life and this is just awful. Okay. It was not good all the way around. And so when I come to this place of setting a boundary with my child, where, and even, and even if they don't comprehend that they're doing something that is not okay, that's not appropriate, I am responsible to maintain that boundary. So if my daughter's poking my eyes, if she is do, if she is poking at me and hitting me, I am responsible to remove myself from the situation and we are both better off for it. I don't get angry at her. I don't yell at her. She's not poking me in the eyes, right? This is, and we all are, all our kids have different things, right? Um, but when I maintain that boundary for me and my safety and I'm doing it because I love me and I love her. I don't want to yell at her. I don't want to be rough with her. I don't want to always be putting her in timeout. So when I remove myself from the situation, and usually for me, I only got to do it for maybe two, three, maybe five minutes, get some deep breaths. I can come back out and then I can try to communicate with her about what she needs. Okay. And then I can go, then I can approach it from a different area, but that is not happening unless you're setting some sort of boundary around how you will allow your children to treat you or not. And it doesn't have to be leaving them. It doesn't have to do these other things, but, but leaving your child when they are hurting you physically is a good thing. It's a good boundary to set. Okay. And you might have to even restrain them firmly. And we've done that too, to help them learn control, to help them practice it's a good thing to do, even though people can be, even though it might be difficult or it might be uncomfortable, okay? All right, so this not setting boundaries at all, whether it's with your, your, your in-laws, your parents, your husband, your kids, not really an appropriate way to, to, to live, right? To set boundaries, to be like, boundaries are bad. They're not. Now, on the other end over here, you can set boundaries that are so big, they can be isolating, right? And this really isn't an appropriate way to set a boundary either because it tends to, um, to limit your expansion and your ability to live in the world, right? Because it can be so isolating. So indicators of this kind of a boundary is that you're afraid of a lot of people, meaning that you might feel like people are just toxic. Everybody is toxic. And I, they do that thing. I don't want to be around them. I'm just going to get rid of them. I'm going to cut them out of my life. I'm going to cut them out of my life. Or if I, or you might go down the controlling area where it's like, if I can't control them, if they're not willing to do everything that I ask, then they're out. We're not going to do anything. Now, I am not saying that this might not be appropriate, not this isolating boundaries, but, but not having people in your life. I'm not saying that that's not appropriate ever. What I'm saying is that when you're taking or when you are creating a boundary that is fueled by fear, 
or by the idea of toxic people or by trying to control them, that that's not a great place to set boundaries from and it becomes isolating because you can't control all of the people, right? And we're all just humans, really, we truly are just all humans trying our best and sometimes our best sucks, <laughs> okay? It just does. Now, that doesn't mean you have to be around it. You can still love the people. You can still love your parents and your husband and your children and remove yourself from the situation. You can do that, it is possible. And this is what it looks like. It's when you're setting a boundary for you and not against them. Okay, so let's move into, and remember if you have questions, boundaries, it's gonna be something that I talk about again. Put your questions down um, in the comments, message me. We can definitely talk about it and I can address specific examples too. Okay, so let's just go through the steps real quick of how you could set a boundary. And a question that you wanna ask yourself, first of all, is do I want a boundary here? Legitimately, you wanna ask yourself that, right? So if you are at the playground and there's other kids around your kid and you're looking at the situation and analyzing it, do you wanna set a boundary there? Or do you not with how other kids treat your child? And if you do, what will you do about it? And are you willing to take that action? Okay, I'm skipping ahead a little bit in the steps, but they all work together. So decide the boundary. Now you might also want to consider that with like, uh, with family, family events. You know, that, um, do I want to set a boundary about, um, like I have a client who her child is greatly affected by dye, by red dye. And she notices and has tracked that his behavior is far worse when he eats red dye. So the question is, and I'm just going to use this as an example, is if it affects her son so greatly, does she want to allow other people to feed her son red dye? Does it affect his behavior bad enough that she wants to set a hard boundary there? Now, for her, the answer is no. It affects it a lot, yes, but on some holidays, when there's candy and there's red dye in it, she wants to allow him to have that, and she can do that, but she also knows what will happen a little bit later that day or the next day behaviorally, right? And she's willing to accept that. That's coming from a place of love. She knows that she wants to do that. She's willing to handle it all. So that means that if her parents or friends and family offer her son these things on a specific holiday that she's already designated, then we're good to go, right? And then at certain other times during the year or during the week when he's at home, we have a different kind of a boundary where she's not gonna feed that to him, okay? So we're setting a boundary there. Now, the question is, let's just for an example use this and say that she did not want, it was, it was severe enough that she didn't want it at all for her son ever, the red dye, because it affected his behavior so badly. So let's say that they go to the mom's house or the mother-in-law's house or grandma's house and grandma gives him some candy that has some red dye in it. And she has asked and said, please, no. And that's another thing. So do you want the boundary there? She's decided, yes, no red dye ever for my son. And then the question is, um, right, 
Do I want the boundary here? What is the boundary? No red dye ever for my son. So if we're in the situation where there's red dye or there's red food, what do I want to do? A question is, does she want to tell them? In this instance, she might want to because this is going to be a diet change that's different. So when they come to family gatherings, it makes sense that she would tell them there. Now, right, like other examples, like my boundary with people hitting me, I really don't have to tell everybody that. I'm just going to take action if it happens. But here, she'll probably want to tell somebody. And if your child is being watched by someone else, you probably do want to tell them, right? And help them out a little bit. So she's probably going to tell her family, right? And again, this is hypothetical that we're, we're using this example. Um, so she'll tell them, hey, look, red dye really affects his behavior. So um, we don't mind if you guys eat it, but please don't feed it to my son and don't offer it to him, right? And then if, if you'd like to include him in activities, provide something that doesn't have red dye, otherwise I'm gonna bring it, not a big deal, just don't offer it to him, okay? Now, then the question is, what will I do if the boundary's violated? So you go to the family event, or grandma's watching them and she offers them candy with red dye in it and he eats it, right? Or it's just offered. What are you going to do? So then you can decide, make your game plan before you get there. So if candy is offered and you notice your family members are offering it, what are you gonna do? You could either, you know, you could leave and there's not a right answer, right? You could decide the whole family's leaving and that you will just, come back after the food situation is all done and we're just doing activities and not eating anything. Or you could decide I'm just gonna sit by my son and I will monitor what goes in and out of his mouth the whole time we're there. That could be something you could do as well, um, right? Or if it's grandma just watching him, it's like, look, grandma just doesn't get to watch him anymore. If she offers it, if she gives it to him, she knows I asked him not to, she gives it to him anyway, grandma doesn't get to ever watch him alone ever again. Okay, that could be a boundary too. That's what you're going to do if that happens. You're not gonna scold grandma. You're not gonna tell her she's awful. You're not gonna do all the things. So when she comes and she asks, hey, I can, you know, can I babysit him? It's like, no, that's good. I got it. I got someone else. Like you don't, you literally don't even have to tell her a thing or anybody else there. And it avoids so much drama when you can just let the people be the people and you just do your thing. You just, you implement your boundary. Other people don't maintain your boundaries you maintain your boundaries, okay? All right, so then number five is that you follow through. Now listen, this is the whole thing. If you set a boundary, especially if you tell them verbally, hey, don't feed my child red dye, and then they do, and you don't do anything about it, they're gonna be like, oh, that's not a big deal. I guess it really doesn't matter. Like, I know she asked us not to, and then we did, but then she didn't do anything. Like, hmm. So you have to follow through in order for boundaries to work because it's your job to maintain your boundaries or the boundaries that you set for your children. It's nobody else's job. Now, this will be uncomfortable, especially if you're changing up the dance that you've normally been doing with your family. It'll be uncomfortable. And they might not like you. But remember, that doesn't have anything to do with you. They don't like you because of what they're thinking. Just like you don't like you because of what you're thinking. Remember, our thoughts create our feelings. And you're not out to hurt them. You're not trying to hurt them. 
Okay, so it's not irresponsible for you to be like, those are their feelings, they're angry because of what they're thinking, and you don't need to address it. It's not irresponsible in this instance if you're coming from a space of love. I'm doing this because I love my child and because I love my family and I want to show them how to treat my son so that I don't feel resentful and get super angry at you. I don't want to treat you poorly because I feel ticked. Right? So one more time. Do I want a boundary here? What is the boundary? Do I want to tell them about it? Will it be useful? What will I do if the boundary is violated? And number five is how will I um, follow through? No, no, no. How will I follow through? And then make sure that you're doing it from a space of love. So powerful. Before you go, I just want to let you know about a workshop that I am hosting in June on Tuesday the 20th. It's at 10 a.m. and this workshop is about how to get it done. As special needs moms, we have a lot of things that we are trying to juggle, not just regular life, but all the things that come with caring for a special needs child as well. Doctor's appointments, therapies, medications, you name it. I'm going to be talking about how to get things done and giving you strategies and giving you a workbook, the whole thing. It's 27 bucks, so hop on in. There's the link below in the show notes that can allow you to register for it. And I hope to see you there. If you like what you heard today and you are ready to make some bigger changes and get some personalized help, then send me an email at the email address in the show notes and let's start a conversation about how we can help you reach your goals. All right, until next time, take care.